When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wants support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny, Dana and Elliot. And what a disappointing week that Millsrup just had. Um, back-to-back defeats to Bre- Brentford and Preston North End last night. Um, I want to start off with you, Els, if you don't mind. Um, two massively disappointing results, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and going into them both, um, I think everyone knew um, that it was going to be quite challenging um, with them both. But I don't think people expected... Zero points. Um, you know, I know home form hasn't been great, but you think, you know, this is the time now it's getting to the business end of the season. Um, we've arguably had enough quality to, to, you know, to finish them off from going 1 0 up in both games. Um, so, massively disappointing results. Yeah, there were. Um, Dan, I want to ask you the question of um, obviously Brentford and Preston completely do two different games. We have one similarity of Mills, we dominated the first half and then. Tend to lose it in the second. And um, who impressed you more, or Brentford or Preston? Uh, Brentford, I think Preston. Honestly, yesterday Preston in parts looked completely off it. But you know, we yeah. kind of let them get back into the game after. You know, we had a good 15, 20 minute spell. We didn't take our chances. They grew into it. But Brentford's played really well. Mm. You know, they they had some really good play. There was that shot from Sergi Canos, which I think if, if that went in, that would have been a really, really good goal. It was some good build-up play. Um, but yeah, definitely Brentford. I thought Preston were actually quite poor yesterday. It's just, you know, they took their chances and they kind of took advantage of our, you know, uh, you know send it, the sending off. Yeah. So. Um, well, I was yeah, I was really impressed with Brentford. I remember when I was speaking to you two about it. Well, funny enough, like spoiler, I left that 50 minutes on the Brentford game. Um, so what, what happened was... Um, well, we were winning one nil, weren't we? And then as soon as I was like, probably a bit after fifty, like, about fifty minutes, it was just before the two goals, and it was as soon as he took Brit off, and I just oh, went. Yeah. So it was he took he took the same Brit's number go up, and I just went. I shouted, "Oh, fuck this! Um, <laughs> I'm leaving. It's going to be two one Brentford." So I stormed out and went, went on the bus, and was like, "I'm not watching that rubbish." I could see that happening though. Like I could see that he was getting frustrated with Brit, yeah. and it, I mean, it was a stupid decision. I don't know what he was thinking. I understand. I understand taking Brit off and put, potentially changing with like Hugo or something. That would have been yeah. made more sense to me. Or 
if you're going to make, if you told me, oh well, Tony Pulis is going to take off Britta Sambalanga and then put on George Friend, I'd be like, all right, yeah, no bother. But not in like the 50th, yeah, 60th minute. He's, he's done it in both games with the substitutions. I know the other one might have been forced because we lost a defender, but in both games he's took off a striker for a defender and then re-brought a striker back on for a midfielder. <laughs> so it's like he doesn't trust in in what he's in the system that he's changing to. So it's kind of like. If you're going to do it, then stick with it. Or if we're going out with a three, um, you know, stick to that because, especially in in the game last night when when he done it, you know, you go back to one up top and then you put him back to two up top. And then you, then you put Tav on, so then we've had we've got no centre midfielders and we're centre midfield FC. So it's just all confusing. <laughs> the substitutions just didn't make any sense to me in, in either of the games. So. Uh, just before I touch on the red card as well, I just want to say like Brentford have probably been one of the best sides I've seen at the Riverside and. The last eighteen months or so, I thought were brilliant. I thought the passing was superb. <coughs> um, the interchange was fluid. One touch football. It was just something yeah. that yeah, I absolutely yeah. love. The, the front three were was chopping and changing all the time, yeah. and especially yeah, when Ollie Watkins watch. came on at the end. If you if you bring Ollie Watkins on as a sub, you, you know, it, it's great, isn't it? And he came on and he was dangerous. And I was just thinking, there's no way we're pulling the goal back up here. So. Yeah, well, yeah. it's kind of like the question I, I don't know. I'm kind of writing a blog for the Everything I See um, website at the moment, but the web what I'm going to be talking about is success and how do you define success um, as a football club? And I'm probably not going to go any more into that. But in terms of Brentford themselves, they've probably sacrificed that success to play that certain way, and it's going to start probably paying dividends for them. Now. But I'm going to less say about that the better. Um, but Danny Ayala. Um, <laughs> I'm, lost I'm gonna just keep quiet for about thirty seconds because you know exactly how I feel about Danny Ayala. Um, but then a red card or not? Definitely a red card. I've yeah. seen it from every yeah. single angle, and in the um, I have a little group chat in my course at uni, and they're all saying for one angle it's a great tackle. And I mean, I get where they're coming from, but it's it's the way he goes in for it. I mean, he's off the floor. It's dangerous. It's excessive, and it's just completely unnecessary. It's reckless. Yeah. Like I, I just. I, it's yeah. a very kind all day for yeah. me. Yeah. Else, um, I'm a little bit torn because one side of me kind of sees the bit of Brexit side and it's kind of like it's a contact sport. <laughs> slide tackles a part of the game, so and he did kind of get the ball, but then With when I think ass. about it, yeah, and then when I think <laughs> about it in kind of 2019, and I know the rules have changed where it's not just about getting the ball; it's about you know if it's a dangerous challenge. It was a sizzle motion with his feet. He probably could have you know broke a bone if he caught the player um, on it. It would have been like an Eduardo challenge from a few years back. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably the right call because I guess he didn't need to make it. I think if he if he still got over and tried to put him off a bit, that would have been the most sensible option. But, you know, Danny Ayala and, and sensible shouldn't really be in, in the same... <laughs> <laughs> the same sentence. So. Yeah. Well, I was I was quite quite in line with it. I, I, I was I sat in the West yesterday. Well, you know, corporate and all that. Some big time now in the box. Um, not that's obviously not my box, but very good. Um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just thought when I first seen it, I was like, that's never a foul in a million days. No, that same. absolutely not no way. What the, what's the ref doing here? Like, thought oh, we have a, we have a right to be frustrated. Like, but the more I've seen it, the just the worse it gets in the. It's partially Ayala, it's Ayala's fault for getting sent off, but it's Johnny Housen who made Ayala make that. Yeah, he kind of like forced that yeah. position to happen for Ayala. It was a poor ball back. Um, the player took on Flint like wasn't even there, yeah. um, and then Ayala just comes storming in, 
shot with America and just, I've seen two foot seven. <laughs> you see, you, you've seen it as soon as he was sprinting over. You've seen like the intent in his eyes, oh. like his eyes had lit up, and he was like, "Right, I'm gonna go through him like a steam train." And he just oh. yeah. he's he's a liability though, isn't he? Like, oh, yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he can be a really good defender on his day, but he's always been a liability. I got slaughtered the other week for saying that he's an ally, bit liability, and then. It's beautiful because after a couple of weeks later, I'm seeing like a lot of tweets about him now saying, "I has a liability." I, I, I didn't used to think it before, but now he is. And I'm just like, yeah, he always has been like, for me. <sighs> I like the, I like being right, but it's just like um, it's only two what, red cards and two red cards two. in what in the space of six, four, five weeks, is it? Yeah, he's got like a four-game ban now as well. Yeah, it will be, especially if um, Millsbury's ban doesn't. Get, well, the, we've went to overturn the decision, but. I can't see it getting overturned at all um, by any shape, way or form. But I know you touched on it as well, and it's just Ian Smith's question. It's a bit off topic, but following that red card, was Tony Pulis right to bring on Fry for Fletcher, or did he just have the had the initiative to Preston? Or who wants to answer it? Um, I don't think that was the right change. No, um, you know regardless of whether some people are criticising his shot and it took a deflection but you know Fletcher scored in the last three home games and he's been he's been a, a revelation of late so why take off your goal scorer and someone who was pressing from the front um, yeah there might have been a, a man shot in defence but you, I'm sure you could have just moved shot on over because um, then and play three. yeah and play, and play three anywhere still Um so I don't know it just baffled me because then like I've already said about the, the substitutions he then brought on a striker again so it's like it's he's changing the system after like five minutes of yeah it's, it's kind of like it's passing the massive panic button isn't it yeah it's just it it absolutely I, was, I get so mad about the, the substitution at Brentford and it was just like well what was the whole point of we were pressing from the front and it was working they've got a leaky defence they're going to make mistakes they're still building on that philosophy they're going to make, like I just said, they're going to make mistakes. And he just went, all right, you know what, I'm going to take Britt off, put George Friend on, play six at the back. Because they were trying to play off, they were trying to play off from the back when they were passing it to the two mm-hmm. centre-backs on the edge of the box. And they were prone to mistakes It was happening in the first half. Yeah. So, especially as the game gets on and people get tired, there would, it would have been more mistakes, but we did decided to sit 20 yards back from that. So. But I was going to say, like, as soon as he went off, I was like, right, that's it. I went back to him, I went, <laughs> I was I was so mad at it, you know. I, I've never let I've never left a game that early in my entire life, and it just like I was just so frustrated. I was like, I must have been sidekick to the lads that sit next to me in New Wales because I just I just shouted it and walked off. Yeah. Like everyone thought, well, he's, but, he's a bit dodgy, isn't he? But even uh, in the like the substitutions, like again last night, you could see that Mikel kind of flagged to say, you know, I, I'm knackered, and everyone could see he was knackered because he wasn't even pressing the ball anymore. He was just stood waiting for mm. for Preston to come towards him. And then um, instead of taking Mikel off, he took Besic off, who was doing a lot of running. And then eventually he took Mikel off anyway. Like what was it, eighty fourth minute? It was yeah. it was just so pointless. Yeah, the Tav substitution. That's twice he's done that now, hasn't he? And it's just like, what's the point of putting on a winger that late in the game? It's yeah, not gonna yeah. make any impact. Yeah. I feel sorry for Tav. Like just when he comes on that late, it's, it's so it's just kind of like pointless. He's when, not, when he came on, the stadium had, had left anyway. So yes. Yeah. That's, that's what it was kind of like but anyway let's move on um, let's get <laughs> water under the bridge let's talk about season tickets um, and obviously last week Middlesbrough announced that the, they announced ticket prices for 2019-2020 season obviously it's a price increase 
Um, but there's three questions I want to put forward to you, and it's from Jimmy Lee's. Um, Jimmy, you are getting the credit this time. Um, I just want to say, um, have the last two games uh, turned any fans away from Ryuan? Um, what are thoughts on the prices increase? And do you think the club uh, should look at increasing revenue via other means than ticket prices? We can break it down question by question if yeah. you just want to do that. Um, go on, Dan, we'll start off with you if you don't mind. But um, have the last two games turned any fans away from renewing? Well, I mean, it hasn't helped. So I think the season as a whole hasn't really helped. But I think a lot of people kind of um, get really frustrated about the games immediately after. And then it kind of blows over and they think, you know what? We've supported this club for God knows how long. We're going to mm-hmm. continue to do it. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people are in that boat where... They are really frustrated with like Tony Pulis and the way that, you know the direction that the club's going in, the football that they they're playing, but they'll still renew. I mean, I'm kind of one of them where you know I'm not happy really with the football we're playing. I'm not really happy with Tony Pulis. Um, I'm not really happy with the team, but I'll still be there next season. But you know, as for the you know the question, as it helps, it I mean, it, I mean, has it uh, turned fans away? I'm not sure whether. It's turned fans away, but it certainly hasn't helped. I, th- I think for me, um, results don't really turn me away. I think that kind of the monetary issue and, and situations, circumstantial situations, I think affect people more than you know results. I think if everyone, you know, for example, say if a season ticket was an affordable price for like everyone, say if it was something stupid like a hundred pounds, then everyone would renew it I don't think it's the money factor uh, sorry I don't think it's the, the, football the results factor yeah the fo- football inside of it because people obviously you know love this club and they'll go even if we're in league one league two um, but uh, you know I think maybe some people who are season ticket holders who are maybe kind of casual goers or they've got it for the first year it might really it might turn them away um, but I think a strong core of the fan group will, will still renew for next season ok and then in terms of uh Price increases. I know that you said that the more or less of the more core fans are probably going to renew. But what's your actual thought on the increases? I know from the eighteen to twenty one to like a straight adult, the prices is extortion. It's really high. Um, I think I, I, well, even though I'm like twenty twenty four now, it's it's still like even that four hundred twenty pound for the early birds is like quite high for me. Even though it's like a pound yeah. a yeah. pound difference, but I, I like to. I prefer to pay things off straight away rather than like put myself into a finance situation mm. but it's just I don't think that well I can understand why they've increased the prices I can understand that because of the financial issue financial restrictions that we're going to have this year uh, obviously when the parachute payments go off um, but I don't think they were probably necessary to, to actually do that um, but I think there's obviously different ways we can actually increase revenue I'll go on to Jimmy's question now uh, more or less of uh, do you think there's we should look uh, to in bring in revenue via other streams, and I think we definitely can do that. Um, that's rather than taking like the Bundesliga, where ticket prices are very cheap, and then when they go in there, they get pretty much upselled quite quickly. Yeah. Um, we could potentially look at like stuff doing that, but if we don't do that, then you know it's going to be like a bit of a. I just I feel like we're in a massive predicament at the moment. I'm, I wasn't happy when they said there was going to be an increase, but I think they've frozen there. it for a few years, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. And, does it work out? I think some was somebody saying that it's, it's a, like pound a pound. It's a pound a game, yeah. 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 So like twenty three pounds or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's how you look at it, really. I think uh, someone might say, "Oh, well, it's only a pound extra," but then isn't it like, like, doesn't it cost the club probably more to actually give someone a free pint every week than it 
will in the like the pound increase. So say if you give them like twenty thousand saving ticket holders a free pint, that's gonna be like six hundred grand. But I think only I think only a select few of the of the free pint they'll donor from I can't remember what season it started, but I know from the past. I think my sister is a season ticket holder since since last season, so she she doesn't qualify for it. And I think I think it was a se- the season we went up they started it. So anyone who's came on board since the prem season, which will be a handy few. Um, probably don't get that free pint anyway, so it's a bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting that. What do you think Millsborough have to do to actually get the the fans back on side a little bit more? I know these last two results probably haven't helped, but over the season, a lot of people have been complaining about Tony Pulis and his style of play, and I think that's a bit unfair. Um, even though the football hasn't been great, and even speaking of Tony Pulis last, last night in corporate, it was. Um, I just felt really sorry for him. I feel like he's been let down a little bit more. Um, appreciate we've brought in McNair. I don't really think that's his signing at all. Um, you know, George Savills is a good. He's he's shown that he can be a good signing. Um, but it's and obviously Aidan Flint as well, which I'm assuming it's definitely his signing. But we've spent about what ten, twelve million on on players. Ten, well, probably a bit more. I'm probably up fifteen. Um, and I just feel like he's been a little bit let down on that front. But do you think a change of manager um, would help things along if? If Tony Pulis was obviously, we know that he's probably stepping down at the end of the season. But do you think a change of manager will probably help with the ticket sales? I do. Yeah, I think it depends who it is, really. I mean, if there's a project for people to buy into, like I talk rank, for example, then obviously it's kind of slow to get started. But then people will buy into it. But I don't. I certainly don't expect, like we touched on, I think two podcasts ago. You know, I certainly don't expect like a big name, like a, a manager that will draw in the crowds. But I think we definitely need to look at a project because that is essentially you know people buy into projects and you know the style of football changes it's a long-term thing so I don't think people should expect success which is a difficult which is a difficult thing as well because you know people are at the moment in a position where they want success and good football which is quite hard to to get sometimes um especially you know Middlesbrough at the moment with Tony Peerless so I don't know I mean yeah, just a project just a project to buy into mm. and f- to get people back on on side again with the club Realistically Els who, who could you have in obviously um, West Brom's manager just got sacked of course um, but do you think well Darren Moore obviously just got sacked but uh, is there anyone in mind that you would like to have the, the helm next season obviously realistically speaking um, there isn't anyone that I could think of and, and, and somebody asked me this the other day and I think I think where We'd best off be looking. Uh, I, I don't think this happened. I know it wouldn't happen because we've had only one foreign manager ever, and that was Karanka. Um, so I just can't see it happening because Steve Gibson strikes me as a manager who gets people in like Gary Monk and Tony Pulis and, and the likes. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think if, what, what I would do and I, what I think would be better is, like Dana said, if you're looking at a project, that it's going for a name that we don't even necessarily know right now or unless you know the, the manager hipsters of the world know um, people but for example Thomas Frank at Brentford or Daniel yeah. Fark at Norwich or uh, this guy that just went to Stoke from, from Luton like names like that um, <clears throat> who've done it in you know less kind of prestigious leagues but they're proven they've maybe you know kind of youngish in the career um, and they've got a kind of a modern day football philosophy about them I think would be the, the right way to go 
um, but I don't really have any. any I think Borough's, sorry, sorry. Borough's probably the best uh, like club to go for um, if you want to you know start a project because Steve Gibson is incredibly loyal to the managers apart yeah. from obviously Gary Monk, but that that was only because Tony Pumas became available. Um, so if you want to start a project and you know really kind of have a long term goal with the manager, then Borough is the club to go to for that. Mm. But names are you know evading me because essentially they are obscure managers. Yeah. They're probably managers from like the second league in Spain or something. Yeah. So X Factors Wagner maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe he, he could, uh, could do a job. No, well, David Wagner. That was at uh, Huddersfield. He managed to get Huddersfield from a relegation team all the way up through the playoffs. That's a fantastic feat exactly, on, yeah. on a shoestring budget. Appreciate they're probably one of the only teams ever to go on like a minus goal difference, but. The fact that he got them there and he got them actually staying up in the Premier League is an incredible achievement. So he's probably a name that you could probably throw out there. You could go for the second coming of Aitor Karanka if that was to happen ever again. I don't really know. Darren Moore has just been made available. He did excellent at West Brom in terms of, you know, nearly kept them up last year. Brought the family together. He brought like the club together again, like as a family. And I think he was. I think he was doing a good job at West Brom uh, before he got sacked. But there's also the element of they didn't really win a home game. Um, from I think it was Boxing Day that didn't win, hence why I got sacked. They should have been top two though. Oh yeah, with the, t- with the team that they team have, they, have yeah. they should be. But then when you look at the likes of Stoke, who have, have probably equally a better side than um, West Brom, and they're struggling towards the bottom, Aston Villa again, well, they could potentially reach the personal I'll come up with a question like that in a second, but they've spent a lot of money. They should be up there as well. So it's like you have no guarantees in the Championship. And that's true. And no one expected um, Norwich to be up there this year. You could you could see a little bit of inkling from last year when they played at the Riverside. You expect oh, they could be a good. It's a good team next year. Um, Leeds United. I thought they'd be in and around there. They have been uh, for the last few years now. With Bielsa coming in, it was just like, well, if Pep Guardiola and Pochettino like go to him for advice, then he's going to be an exceptional manager to have. So they're going to be up there. Um, but. In terms of West Brom, I expected them to be in and around there anyway. I was going to say, I think, I think it was a bit harsh um, with Darren Moore, but like you say, the owners probably wanted instant success and wanted a straight return. And if they're looking at um, you know, potential playoff position, having to go through the lottery of the playoffs, they, you know, they've probably been banking on going straight back up. Um, and the rumours are lately, I don't know if anything's changed since I last read that, um, that they're going straight in for Jukanovic. So obviously looking to get someone who's who's proven it just took it's, somebody up the year before so it's mm. it's one of them isn't it it's an expensive expensive time to to get a manager because you, you, well, you kind of could yeah. pretty much say you can give me well I want the well, you can pretty much write a blank check and just be like right have whatever you want because we desperately need a manager and I don't think they've I think they've sacked him without having that replacement like there mm. if they if they had you kind of itch, like the next day been like alright fair enough no well they haven't and that, that would frustrate me if I was a, a West Brom fan. Um, but in speaking of Middlesbrough, and it was just like a question while we just came on here, um, and it's by Alex Fowler, and he says, um, after so long assuming the playoffs were a given, do you think there's a chance that Middlesbrough drop out? Um, obviously back-to-back defeats just there. Aston Villa at the weekend. They were 11 points behind us, um, I think it was 10 days ago, and now they're yeah. just four points. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so do you think Middlesbrough don't have a chance, or do you think like so Brentford or Preston could potentially get there as well? I'm worried. I'm not going to lie because I know we've got uh, Norwich and Bristol City coming up, and the Bristol City game terrifies me because we have <laughs> such a bad record against them. I, I have flashbacks from like those old like uh, Tony Mowbray, Tony Mowbray, yeah, yeah or PTSD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just don't like our record against uh, Bristol City. I don't trust us um, to get a win against them. And, you know, they're a good side as well with a good manager in Lee Johnson. So, um, you know, our running is probably more favourable than perhaps some other teams, which might actually land us at an advantage. But it's whether Borough can really take those opportunities because we've seen, like you said, two defeats against teams that people expected us to beat. And we, we know we lost against them both. So... I'm honestly worried for us because, like you said, I think Aston Villa were, I think they were twelve points um, behind us, and I think if they beat us on Saturday, they're like a point behind us or something, which is just, I mean, the championship, isn't it? There's so all, I, I'm worried. There's always teams that come from absolutely nowhere. Norwich um, were one of them. Yeah, Norwich. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a few of them. It's just like, go on. I'll yeah, I was, I was going to say, obviously, with the table, I'm, I'm just uh, having a look uh, at it now, and obviously we. Well, ten days ago, you'd have thought, you know, it was out of those top three um, of Norwich, Leeds, and Sheffield United for those top two positions. Borough and West Brom are going to battle it out for for fourth and fifth, um, and then everyone else is going to scrap for that sixth place. But now we are in that we are in that different group. West Brom are in just a group of their own in fourth, and then you know, and then it's out of there's nine points between us in fifth and Brentford in fourteenth. So there's nine points between Borough, Derby, Bristol City, Villa, Preston, Forest, Sheffield, Birmingham, Hull, and Brentford. So it's it's you know it's it's a scrap there. It's anyone's game, um, and I'm, I'm assuming like a lot of them will be coming up against each other. Villa just played Forest last night and beat them, and they overtook them. So some people genuinely thought that we could challenge for top two not so long ago. Yeah. Which to me wasn't even in the question. People saying, "Oh, it's out of the question now." For me, it wasn't even in the question. Yeah. It's like. I think there was a game where it might have been West Brom were playing one of the top two or something and people were hoping it would be a draw but I'm thinking I'll let one of the top two win so that we can you know kind of West Brom can falter or whatever and I was just like yeah top two was never a possibility in my opinion well that's at the start of the season I I can't see us going up I'll always stick by that even if like the 85th minute at Wembley we were winning 3-0 I'd be like eh, well you never know no mills we could probably mess this up a little bit but it's I'm probably going to still stick by it and I just don't think we're good enough um, to go up I think we need a project that not just excites the players but excites the fans as well and we have to make that season ticket in Christ worth it um, it's a really weird time for the club at the moment and I think it's, what's interesting to see is a lot of people are saying about this disconnect that we, we talked about a few weeks ago now um, and there's, I think the club has to do a lot to get the fans back on side a little bit more now um, are we going to get are we going to get the playoffs this year I don't I don't think we uh, I'd probably say no I, I don't think we will I think we're going to probably drop a little bit but then again that last one minutes proved me wrong completely proved me wrong and just say alright we're in the playoffs now, and then it's anyone's game. Um, when I was speaking to a couple of Preston fans um, earlier in the week, um, I said we're a couple of results away, and we'll probably seal it. But after that second half against Preston, I bet Preston was a bit, a, bit, a bit unfortunate because the red card completely changed it. But when we played Brentford, we got completely outplayed, um, and it kind of frightens you, and it kind of says, "Well, we don't probably deserve to go up." And 
I think Villa will probably take one of those spaces and I wouldn't be surprised if Derby hung on for it as well. Um, but they're my predictions. But let's move on. Let's move and talk about the academy. Um, the under-18s have a final tonight against Manchester City. We'll touch on them a little bit and we'll speak a lot more about the under-18s game next week just because I know that um, well, we give them a lot of... Uh, What's pretty good? A lot of praise now, even though it's a fantastic achievement and they get absolutely hammered 7 0. <laughs> it would be a bit of an awkward conversation next week. But I want to ask a question, and we touched it last week, but Dana, I want to ask you the question as well. Do you think Middlesbrough should look at the Ajax culture and be like, should we start integrating these younger players through now, especially next season if we don't go up anymore? No, definitely, because I think, you know, we've wasted so much money on, on players like McNair. I wasn't even on the bench yesterday, was he? Was. Oh, he was. Mm. Van der Parra wasn't. No. So it's like. He's still learning that with Chester's down. Chester's down, you can't beat him in that. He's still learning to take it to the right and to the left. <laughs> but actually, the wrong foot. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's like we've we've just wasted money really on players. And, um, you know, I think as a fan, you always want to see the academy integrated into the side. And, um, you know, I'd like to hope that we would. We've got some fantastic players there, like Steve Walker, you know. Mm-hmm. I see like interviews with um or the odd interview like they do like interviews on on YouTube uh, with the um with the borough players and they like a Q and A, um and I think Brit said that Steve Walker's like one to watch and there's been quite a few that have said the same so, I mean I'm not expecting players like him because they're you know so young to be a starter and a regular starter but just to kind of ease them in you know put them on the bench, to, you know kind of just give them that chance you know that, that's what I'd like to see but. Yeah, obviously Tony Pulis came out in the week and he he spoke about the academy and he told he he said that he wants to well he he said he's made improvements to the academy by getting those players out on loan. I probably hundred percent agree with him. Just Lewis Swing's a prime example. Uh, playing twenty three, twenty year old, he's came back and he's a first team player. Don't get me wrong, if we had the players we were going to sign, Lewis Swing probably wouldn't be near the team. Um, he'd be out on loan. He'd be out on loan somewhere, but he's just. He's had an opportunity. He stuck it in fair play room. I think he's been fantastic. I think, it's a, I think it's a blessing when it happens, though, when you you don't really have the players, and it happened. You know, I know some of them went down, but it, they found gems in their academy, um, and it's paid off for them this year. They've, they've still got George Honeyman in the squad. Um, obviously, they, they had Josh Meyer. They sold him, and they had another lad, and I can't remember his name, who was kind of playing a lot with Josh Meyer, but his name eludes me. But yeah, it, you know, it worked for them in the sense that they didn't have the money anymore to buy the players and. You, you do realise the quality you've got in your academy then it's just it's giving people a chance is there any players that you'd like to see break through next season of, of course I think Tab it, it has Tab next year he has to break through and um, if he doesn't break through then it's kind of like well where do you go from there he's pretty sure he's still very very young um, but I think it's a, it's he has to do it next year if, if Jonathan Moore gets manager he has to put them in that team. But is there any players you would like to see break through next year? There's gonna there's three names I'm gonna throw at you and see what you think. Uh, Nathan Wood, um, Jed Spence, if we can get him up beside of Manjaros, and Steve Walker. Um, do you think three good players? Do they think they have a chance next year to break through, or would you like to see them out on loan? Uh, no, I'd like to see them have a chance. They've obviously played um, in the cup games this year as well, um, and they're probably three of the standout names that you've mentioned. So. Yeah, I'd love to see them kind of be named in the is it twenty five man squad these days. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'd, yeah, I'd like to see it. Brahimi is a good talent as well. I think he can play across the the front three, um, and he's pacey as well. We saw him in the cup games. He's got he's got pace. So um, 
you know, he's another one to add add to the list. Yeah, Bill Halbrahim, seems he looks like a fantastic talent. Him, like he looks very, very, very good. I hope it doesn't end up like a, a Jakubovic situation. Uh, well, who would he go? Who he went? I think he went to Torino. Or he, went to, like he went somewhere. He went to Italy. Italy. Yeah. He went to Empoli, I think. MK. And then MK. he went Empoli, to yeah. Juventus as like under 19s at one point. And Imagine like the next couple of years, Jakubovic is just like one of the best strikers in Europe, and where it's like sat there, like thinking, oh well. Do you what think could, he's back? Uh, I think he's back in Austria now, actually. That's just weird. That I wonder, where, I wonder where Julian decides is these days. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably is. But um, let's move on, guys. Let's talk about Aston Villa. Um, a very, very, very tough game. Came up the Riverside earlier on in the season. They absolutely pulled Milford's pants down. Um, probably one of the best performances I've seen by an away team, probably Bar Brentford. There's been some good away performances this season, which has been quite nice and. When I see those type of teams play like the football, I like that possession style, one touch, pass and move. Um, it's quite a joy to watch. But Aston Villa, Els, I know you've been doing your research, Dan, you've been doing your research as well. What can we say about Aston Villa? Um, yeah, so Villa, they're on pretty good form at the moment. Um, obviously beat Forest 3-1 last night. Uh, won in the Midlands Derby on the weekend. Beat Derby 4-0 before that, so... You know they are storming to get up the league. Um, you know they do have a good squad on paper. Um, it looks like it's maybe you know paying off now. They've been quite hit and miss throughout the season, but you know just looking at the squad on paper, it's you know it, it's too good to be in the position that they are really. Um, and Tammy Abraham, twenty-one goals this season. He must be in the top three there, surely, with Billy Sharp and Neil Muppet and. Getting, the, getting those three will be up top but in all honesty sorry Tammy Abraham should be one of the top scorers in the yeah. league he oh, was no, yeah. incredible for Swansea last year yeah. um, at times anyway he's still, he's still very young and he'd probably be playing at Chelsea next year since you know transfer embargoes and all that but um, mm. go on carry on sorry yeah um, so looking at the team they do play um, a 4-3-3 they do like to get in down the wings um, very quick players out wide um, I noticed um, Doma didn't play last night. It's been El Ghazi and uh, Andre Green, his name is. Um, three centre mids, you know, good players. Jack Grealish scored in the winner in the Midlands derby after getting punched in the face. So I was going to come up to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Conor Hurrihan, John McGinn. Um, you know, they've, they've got a great team, and I think. Um, I think it's going to be a hard game. Getting beat three 0 at home was, you know, was awful. Um, so I don't know what it's going to be like with the form there and the form where on. It's it's all looking set for a for a Villa win, really. I think they've improved their defence. Mm-hmm. I think that was like, um, you know, they were a little bit shaky at the back, but they seem to have a good balance in midfield. I mean, they've got some fantastic midfielders. I mean, to have a midfield three of John McGinn, Conor Hurahan, and Jack Grealish is is brilliant and. Um, you know they're incredibly good at set pieces as well. You know from like Hurahan, the likes of Hurahan and Jack Grealish. So um, I think they've scored twenty two goals from set pieces this season, uh, which is thirty four percent of their total tally. So you know it, I mean that's probably an avenue for them to explore. I think Borough will probably play it cautious and just try to nullify their threats. They have some very good players on the ball and they will play it around us. Uh, do you think Tony Pills will probably play like he did 
in the playoff final where he tried to nullify Aston Villa and just and tried then did and, nothing and then <laughs> did nothing yeah um, I think he probably will do that approach um, I don't think we can try and play that style against them um, they're playing a little bit like Brentford now Dean uh, it's Dean Smith isn't it yeah Dean Smith um, he's got he's got them playing it's that passive moving football it's what everyone kind of wants and strives for um, Aston Villa's going to be probably a three year project if they don't go up I appreciate they're going to be skinned um, this is kind of like the uh, they have to get up um, if, they, if they do go up it'd be interesting to see how Dean Smith adopts that philosophy but if he stayed off one more year I think they're going to absolutely romp it next year um, just, just the players that they have and um, the philosophy they're going to int- introduce in I think it's going to be very, diff- very very difficult not just for us at the weekend but for next season as well um, let's talk about predictions then guys um, of course Danny Ayala is suspended for now but have you got any teams in mind or predictions? I'll do your starting eleven and your score prediction. Okay. So um yeah, with in regards to the lineup, um I'd actually kind of go with the same lineup we have. Um been playing with three at the back, obviously just replacing Fry with Ayala. Um It'd obviously just be the case of of Housen and Savile, you know, sitting in a bit deeper when you know the the wingers, um, their wingers are on the attack. I just think it's been the best balance of late, and I think we've still got to give ourselves a bit of credit that we, you know, we we are good going forward. Granted, we're not uh, great at converting our chances. Um, understatement. Yeah, <laughs> biggest biggest understatement. Um, but I think I think it could end up being one of these where. I think a draw would be a great result for us, given the current run both teams are on. And I think, and that, and that kind of falls into my prediction a bit as well. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one all. Um, I just think at a time when, you know, we've just been beat two games in a row at home. Our away form's notoriously been better, um, and we're coming up against Villa, who everyone fears because of the players they've got on the <laughs> form. It's time for Tony Pulis shithouse to, to pull out a to pull out a one all. Um, so I, I, yeah, I'm gonna go with one all. I feel like it's not going to be as bad as people anticipate. I hope, I hope I'm, I hope I'm not wrong. We don't get beat five nil. Um, but yeah, one all. I've gone uh, one better with one nil Borough. One nil Borough for Dana. Optimism, optimism flowing in this room. <laughs> I don't know where it's come from. Um, but I just think we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, team teams, yeah, is, I was say. Um, well I've, I've gone with a five uh, three at the back five midfield um, just because I think that we really need to get out uh, Villa I think they'll dictate yeah. play from the, from the middle of the park um, I'd bring Fry back in and also Savile back in as well obviously Ayala's out um, I'd go uh, Randolph Shot and Fry and Flint um, Friend dropping out as well although actually I don't know. I'll just leave that. I'll just leave Flint. Okay. okay. Um, and then Housen, Mikel, Besic, Wing, and Savile, and then uh, Britt alongside Fletcher. I think I'll yeah I'll keep Flint in just for his height, and that's it. Okay. I'm going to just drop mine down really quick. Um, friends, so he doesn't get uh, ball played in behind him and, and like <laughs> not no no reactions from him again. <laughs> Anyone else just watched the game yesterday and think how? Oh, finished George Friend actually is I was it like was, go on George it was, it, was, it was worse against Brentford uh, it was yeah he came well 
You missed the goals, but the, the second one, it was just like he, he realised about 10 seconds after <laughs> <laughs> when when uh, I think it was Ben Rama got in behind and I was just like, okay, friend, just, just you, you just jog back, mate. And just, yeah. um, I'm not going to lie, there was a couple of players I was really impressed with from Brentford and it was uh, Sire, who we were actually linked with, and yeah. oh, it was the other centre midfielder. Jacob Makodjo. Makodjo. Yeah. Absolutely... Just, <laughs> They made it look like amateurs as only John Owen If they have Johnny McKill in their team, it would have been incredible. I think Brentford, I tweeted about this, but Brentford are literally a good two centre-backs away from challenging next year, like like challenging the title, not just like getting up. And that people probably think, like, nah, no way. But honestly, they were so good. Yes, they got beat off Sheffield United, but they're a team in transition. Once to get those players and they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. Um, but in terms of my team, I want to go with... Um, Demi in goal, uh, Jensen, uh, no, Randolph, uh, Randolph in goal, um, George Savile, left wing back, Friend, Flint, Fry, and Housen. Um, Friend going more central because I think that protects him because he's just got not got the pace anymore. Um, then I've got. You'd leave out Shot. I would leave out Shot yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll put Shot on right wing back. Go Shot on right wing back, and then I'll do this instead. Um, I'll play. Mikel and Bezic and House in the midfield um, and then out front I would go with Ashley Fletcher and Jordan Hugo you leave that Brit and wing now I'd leave that Brit and wing yeah well mm-hmm. just put it like no, just, just put it this way right Brit Sombolong he's played four games now he's played four games with a partner right, and we've, everyone's been crying out for it all season yeah. the chances that he's missed oh yeah Wigan missed an absolute missed from about two yards yeah. against Brentford Take on the keeper and slot him in. Uh, was it? Yeah, I think it was that. Yeah, definitely Bradford. And then uh, I was just trying to think that when was the last time I went over a match? Um, <laughs> and then last night, Ashley Fletcher, lovely round the ball, uh, round the ball pass. It's just shoot it straight at the keeper. It's like five yards away. If he puts that goal, if he puts it in the back of the net, it's two nil mills for a half time. Game over. Um, we probably don't have to like. They would have had to come out second half. We probably would have beaten three nil. Um, but he's. He's getting the chances now, but he's just not putting them away. And Ashley Fletcher is. So it's like, well, you know what, let's put Hugo in. I think Hugo's probably a bit better away from home as well because he holds the ball up a little bit more and gets us up the pitch. Um, but yeah, let's put, let's go with that. And just, just as for wing um, and, and Housen switching, I just think Housen's better than Lewis Wing. It just in the, like, it just, um, Lewis Wing's like good and he's, he's uh, good, kind of good ball in, but I just think Housen's probably be better in in this type of game I think um, if he's out of, out of position and they're playing a three midfield as well I think we'll get overpowered so we need the engine in there and so we'll play Johnny Housen I guess he does need to rotate a bit as well he, has, he did hint at it last night he made two changes and with a three game week he might have to make some questionable changes you know what I mean so but yeah I'm going to um, in terms of results um, I want to be optimistic but I'm going to say 2-0 Aston Villa um, I'm going to say Jack Grealish again and I'm going to say Conor Hurahan finish it off win 2-0 because I, can't, I honestly can't see us picking up anything at Aston Villa and unfortunately three defeats on the spin hopefully that's the end of the blip really um, and then we can start kick going because every team goes through these type of blips um, but I hope we're just doing it at the wrong time at the moment <laughs> so that kind of wraps everything up thank you very much for joining us thank you very much uh, for listening as well um, as always give us 5 star rating on iTunes that really helps with us getting 
up the rankings in iTunes and help us getting found. Um, give our pages five star. If you're not following us, give us a follow on either Everything MFC or the Board Breakdown pages, respectively. And that's pretty much it. Can Millsbury overcome the odds against Aston Villa? And can the under-18s win tonight against Manchester City? Of course we can. Uh, this is the Board Breakdown podcast. I'm Johnny, this is Dana and Elliot. Thank you very much for listening. 